Good morning, everyone. It's time for Michigan Sports Talk Morning Show. Broadcasting live all across the state of Michigan and Northwest Ohio. This is X's and Bros. How are you? How are you? Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. It's a good morning. Wake up to a brand new day. Hello. Good morning. Good morning, Vietnam! Here's your host, Anthony Bellino. Rise and shine, folks. Good Wednesday morning to you, the 21st day of February 2024. Well, February already coming to a close. Boy, oh boy, just about a week and a day left in the month before we hit March Madness. That's very exciting. Very exciting for all of those who partake. Uh, it's so great to be riding along with you, no matter who you are, where you are, how you may be listening all across the great state of Michigan and in Northwest Ohio and worldwide on the iHeartRadio app. We say good morning to you. We welcome you. We thank you. We appreciate you. And of course, we encourage you to join the program at any time. Text the keyword sports radio. Send that to 21,000. Sports radio to 21,000. Meyer Supercenter guest line 866 838 4843. 866 838 4843. 866 838. Huge. We're on Twitter at XB Mornings, Facebook, X's and Bros. And of course, good morning to our television audience as well on BCSN and streaming live on our YouTube page at Michigan Sports Network. And on our Facebook as well, at X's and Bros. So find us there. Give us a thumbs up. Tell everybody you like us. Like our post. I posted it to my wall. Uh, MichiganSportsNetwork.com is the website. XPMornings at gmail.com is our fan feedback email inbox. You can find us all individually on Twitter. Ryan Elke is at RyanL underscore key. Ben Glaze is at the Ben Glaze. And I'm Anthony Bellino at AC Bellino. All right, what's going on in the world of sports? We'll try to get you all caught up with all the happenings. We'll do so right now in the headlines. Big news. I have a little news flash. Let's check the headlines. No, it's real news for once. The biggest stories of the local, regional, and national news. This is huge news. All right, huge news. couple of basketball games uh, last night. The Toledo Rockets upset the Akron Zips. That game was in Toledo. 72-64, your final score there, which means those two teams are tied atop the standings in the Mid-American Conference at 11-2 apiece. Akron with the lead overall, 19-7 on the year. The Rockets are 17-9. And nipping at the heels. How about winners of three in a row? Ryan Central Michigan Chippewas. Fire up chips is what they say. Three consecutive wins. They beat Old Dominion by one, beat Western Michigan by 27, and then last night beating Bowling Green there in McGurk. Is it still McGurk? I think it is still McGurk. 62-60. to 60. They have a road game against Miami coming up, but we got ourselves a, a little bit of a three-horse race with Ohio uh, our guy, Kyle Barlow, Barlow's buddies, uh, three games back right now of Toledo and Akron, Central Michigan, just one game back of both of those clubs. And that was a massive win against Bowling Green because Bowling Green now drops to four games back, uh, both Central and BG, 16-10 and 10 overall. And Central Michigan, talk about beefing up the schedule. They played Oklahoma on the road, Florida State on the road, Ohio State on the road, right, and had a, uh, had a big win against South Florida. Uh, so they started off. 0-3. They took on uh, a Creighton team that was number 10 in the country uh, at the time. They got drilled 
by Creighton. I mean, they lost by 45 to Creighton, 109 to 64. But they've scheduled tough. And it's uh, I really enjoyed our conversation with Dave Briggs yesterday. I really did, because it's such a quandary that the Mid-American Conference finds themselves in because you know, people have always said, like, okay, well, you know, if they get too good, then no one will no one will come and play them. Nobody is coming to play them anyways, which I think is an absolute travesty in college basketball. Like Eastern, Western, and Central should all they, they should have some sort of combo of home games. Like Michigan can go on the road and play Eastern. Michigan State can go on the road and play Central. Um, and both could you know do the same and go to Waldo's World in Kalamazoo to take on the Broncos. And, and I think it's such a travesty that you know the Mid American Conference has gotten to a point where the only way they can get the big game is that they play on the road in those quote unquote buy games where a team comes to pay them. Right. And then they're trying to get their financial boost from playing those teams. At the end of the day, yeah, you're going to have to go win one of them. Like it's going to have to happen. Like you're going to have to go on the road. But then if you do win, then people don't schedule you. But it's like, okay. So that's one way to look at it. The other way to look at it is like we call it the Power Five in football, which is now going to be the Power Four since the Pac 12 only has two teams in it. But we call it the high majors in basketball, Power Six. And the Big East comes into play. And it's like, well, how does that happen? Like, how does the MAC get to the same realm as a team like Creighton, for example? You know, UConn was the unanimous number one coming into this week. The first unanimous number one this season in the AP Top 25. And then they ran into an absolute buzzsaw in Creighton and lost by 20 points, 85 to 66 last night. Like, how does the Mid-American Conference get to the point where you know, top to bottom, there there aren't a bunch of Ken Palm, you know, plus 100 teams. Like, how can they figure that out? What needs to happen? What needs to change? And as Dave pointed out, out of the 15 guys that made all conference teams, eight were eligible to come back, two actually did. Six guys left for greener pastures, for bigger schools. And I'll use Ray J. Dennis, for example. Ray J. Dennis had a great season at Toledo, decided to uh, jump ship and, and transfer out. He went to Baylor. He's having a great year for Baylor. A great year. Uh, we saw a couple of guys do that to the Ohio Bobcats where it's like, okay, so we lose a, we lose a guard and a forward. One goes to, oh, hell, where does, um, where'd the big fella go? Somewhere out east, like for, what, Virginia or something like that. And then, you know, the guard goes down to Alabama and is having a hell of a career. I'm not going to knock the player for doing that. I, I, I'm really not. I think that that's the if that's the opportunity, if you are an all conference kind of guy, it doesn't work out for everybody. You know, Jerron Simmons was an all Mac player at Ohio. Uh, He ended up at Michigan and then, you know, at Michigan, he was behind Eli Brooks and Xavier Simpson. Now he's a part of the coaching staff. Right. And so when I look at a a guy who wants to make that jump, make, make that leap to the power five, I'm totally fine with that. But my question is, how do you, like, you don't hear a lot of guys transferring out of Villanova to go to, like, Texas. A guy from Creighton doesn't leave to go to Nebraska, right? So how do we get the Mid-American Conference to that status on the national scale? That's the biggest question uh, that I have for them. Michigan State last night fell to Iowa at home, uh, 78-71. They'll bounce back in a couple of days. They'll have Ohio State and the Buckeyes. Ooh, the Diebler boys, they got a little bump from the firing of their coach, Chris Holtman. Mati Sissoko, five minutes, no points. 
Uh, the team was led. Michigan State was Malik Hall was seven of thirteen of the field. He was sixteen and ten and five was his stat line. How about Walker? He was good too. Thirty-seven minutes, scored sixteen points, added a couple of rebounds and four assists. Turnover number low. That was great. Well, only eight turnovers, but you know, and they shot fifty percent from three. So it probably would have helped if they would have scored more than thirty-three points in the first half, but. Uh, that's the way that the cookie crumbles uh, from time to time. Patriots, Matthew Slater retiring from the NFL after 16 seasons. He has the NFL record for the most special teams Pro Bowl appearances with 10. The Detroit Red Wings signed Michael Rasmussen. How about this? The 24-year-old, kind of a Mr. Do-It-All, getting a four-year, $12.8 million extension uh, yesterday. He was scheduled to become an unrestricted, or pardon me, become a restricted free agent at the end of the season following the uh, expiring three-year $4.38 million deal. He signed on July 22nd of 2021, the ninth overall pick in the 2017 draft by Detroit. He's got a career 109 points in the Red Wings. will host the Colorado Avalanche uh, tomorrow night. Excited for that one. I get to work for my friend Eric Friney, so that'll be cool. Uh, but they, look, they got a second wild card spot in the Eastern Conference right now. Big-time matchup tomorrow night against the Avs, and you get this deal done with Raz to keep him uh, in the system. I like that move a lot. And it's a very team-friendly deal. I mean, four years, $12.8 million is 3.2 on average. I think that's great. Uh, EA Sports College Football 25 will include uh, Notre Dame. I don't know why they wouldn't include Notre Dame. Uh, but a back-and-forth of the school allowing its marketing, uh, markings to be used in the game has been up for discussion for almost two years. Of course, it's Notre Dame. Notre Dame said it will participate in the game, which is expected to come out uh, this summer. I don't know why you would make such a big fuss over this. Like, that makes no sense whatsoever. Like, yes, of course you want your, of course you want your branding in that game. Like, why wouldn't you? And Aaron Judge said that his toe is going to require, quote, constant maintenance the rest of his career. Remember, he tore that ligament in his big toe rushing into the wall, 6'7", 282, wound up hitting 262 with 37 homers and 75 RBI in 106 games uh, last season. We'll step aside. When we return, we've got an update from Kansas City. We'll talk about that next year. X's and Bros, Michigan Sports Network. Leonard Skinner. ZZ Top. Friday, August 9th at Soaring Eagle Casino, the Sharp Dressed Simple Man Tour. Leonard Skinner and ZZ Top. Tickets start at $38 and are on sale now at the box office at etix.com. Part of the Soaring Eagle Summer Outdoor Concert Series, Leonard Skinner and ZZ Top. Friday, August 9th at Soaring Eagle Casino and Resort. Merck Perks from Mercantile Bank is here. Merck Perks Checking has all you need to plan your busy lifestyle. Travel services for hotels, airfare and cruises, cash back rewards, and even savings on prescriptions, eyewear, and dental work. Merck Perks also includes all the traditional benefits you love, like online and mobile banking and fee-free access to almost 40,000 MoneyPass ATMs. So when you're ready for Perks, Merck is here. Learn more at MyMerckPerks.com, member FDIC. The Freddy the Pizza Man Foundation is dedicated to providing support to families and Michigan schools touched by autism. We invite you to join us in supporting these families and schools by making a donation at freddythepizzaman.com. With your donation, you can help provide essential resources that can make a real impact. Visit freddythepizzaman.com to make a donation and to learn more about the foundation's mission. That's F-R-E-D-I, thepizzaman.com. Together, we can make a difference. Rose Dumber is a farm 
direct coffee sourced from Central American farmers and roasted in Grand Rapids. And also the Nitro Cold Brew Coffee is a convenient and healthy option for energy with no sugar additives. Look for it at your local retailer or at RoastUmber.com. This is X's and Bros on the Michigan Sports Network. Welcome back here to X's and Bros, Michigan Sports Network. Great to have you ride along with us, no matter who you are, where you are, how you may be listening all across the great state of Michigan and in Northwest Ohio and worldwide on the iHeartRadio app. We say good morning to you. We welcome you. We thank you. We appreciate you. And of course, uh, we encourage you to join the program at any time. You can text the keyword sports radio and send that to 21,000. Sports Radio to 21000. Our Meyer Supercenter guest line 866 838 4843. That's 866 838 4843. And uh, we have to go into like the the somber news portion uh, of the of the program today because I think it's uh, I think it's important to keep everyone up to date with the the happenings of what is taking place now in Kansas City. Take a listen. Defendant Mays was in a verbal argument with another individual. And the evidence um, does not reflect in these early moments that there was any prior history between these individuals. That argument very quickly escalated to Mays drawing his firearm, a handgun. Almost immediately, others pulled their firearms. Defendant Miller uh, was one of those individuals. While both adults um, are charged with murder, the evidence tells us that it was Mr. Miller's firearm. Mr. Miller's firearm struck Lisa Lopez Galvin. Peter's Baker's. So that's where we're at right now. And in case you're wondering, well, what do you mean? Yesterday, Missouri prosecutors said that two adults have been charged with the murder in last week's mass shooting that killed one person and injured 22 others near the end of the Chiefs' Super Bowl parade. Lindell Mays of Raytown, Missouri, and Dominic Miller of Kansas City, of Missouri, that is, are both charged with second-degree murder, two counts of armed criminal action, and unlawful use of a weapon. Now, according to court documents, the two men were strangers. They pulled guns on each other and began the OK Corral after an argument. Both men were shot. They have both been hospitalized since the shooting. And uh, Jean Peters Baker said during this news conference, she's the Jackson County prosecutors. They're each being held on $1 million bond. The argument began when two groups of people were agitated over the belief that people in the other group were staring at them. In the video, it shows that Mays was the first to begin shooting despite being surrounded by crowds of people. Mays told detectives, quote, he hesitated shooting because he knew there were kids there. But he began firing after someone in the other group said, I'm going to get you, which he took to mean that they were going to try to kill him. Miller initially told investigators that he and his friends began running after hearing the gunfire, and that he was shot in the back. One of the affidavits says now investigators told Miller they had video of him chasing someone in Mays's group and shooting. Miller admitted to firing four to five shots. A bullet from Miller's gun is the one that killed Lisa Lopez Galvin. And. There is, there is also, in the initial reports, there are also two juveniles in this case involved as well. 22 people that were shot range in the age of 8 to 47. Now, 
We did have a shooting that wounded several people last year in Denver after the Nuggets NBA championship uh, parade. And the minors uh, issue is is pretty interesting uh, because they are being described. Authorities didn't release the age of either men. Mays is in his early 20s. Miller is either 18 or 19. And these new charges come after two juveniles were detained last week on gun-related and resisting arrest charges. Now, I am, um, I'm a little shocked that we haven't seen, and I had this debate with somebody last night where they said, you know, shoot the, the shooters don't need any more news coverage. Uh, I'd see, I, I, I go exactly the opposite way. I don't think that this should be swept under the rug and acted like, you know, nothing happened. I don't think that this should be kept quiet. I think this should be a very public case. And I think that the juveniles that are involved, their parents should be charged just like what we saw here in Oxford. How do you have access to a firearm? How do you not know where your children are at? How do you not? I mean, you are responsible for them. They are not adults yet. So in that regard, I would go after the parents as well. I would make a national spectacle of this. I would have this on the news every day of the week until people learn to figure it out that, hey, if my kids are out there and they get involved in a shooting or a gun crime, I'm going to be held responsible as an adult, as a parent. Because the kids have already ruined their lives. And I'm sure this isn't, they, they didn't just walk out there and just like, oh, today I'm going to carry a handgun. Like this is a, this is a pattern of behavior here. I'm sure if we go, if we, if we do some research here, I'm sure whether we could find it in school records, behavioral patterns, I'm sure we could find it uh, probably just in regular you know, documentation from, from the police department. And I, I honestly think that this is like your, your behavior and conduct in school should be part of a record that the government keeps and will ha- actually have some weight as to whether or not you are legally allowed to purchase a firearm. Period. Because that's, that's what it comes down to. Uh, I'm, I'm not opposed at all to having any sort of tougher laws on firearms. Because the people like me, the law-abiding citizen, it doesn't affect us. You know, for anybody who's listening to this right now that has purchased a, a firearm, whether you went to, um, you know, like a, like a range and bought one there, whether you went to a sporting goods store and bought one there, uh, if you want to, you know, people see that the AR, you know, the assault rifle, and they want to ban on, on assault rifles, but they will look at an AR and look at an M14, not know the, the difference. One is you know, carbon and plastic, the other one as a, as a wood frame, and they don't see the wood frame, you know, rifle as, as a threat. Even though that M14 and the Mini-14, they can have the quote-unquote banana clip in it. You can absolutely do that. You can do drum magazines. You can absolutely do that. I mean, M14, that's what they carried in Vietnam. Does a civilian need to have that? If you want to, you're allowed to have it, but... But I wouldn't I would make the process a whole hell of a lot harder, to be honest with you, because think about it like this from a law abiding citizen standpoint. I'd rather have less idiots with guns and more people like me. That's the way I look at it. So the less idiots with guns, the less we have to worry. And I, I just what I want to make sure happens is, is that when something like this happens, we get the full details. Uh, because there is a there, there's something very interesting. You go back to that, uh, the the school, the Catholic school shooting in Tennessee, right? And the shooter had a manifesto, but we never really got to see that. Why is that? Why is that? 
That's a question I'd like to know. I wish somebody would come forth with an answer. Uh, The minors in this case, their identities are not being released, but we have seen minors in other gun-related crimes see their names and photographs be released. Hmm. It's interesting. Why is that? It's Missouri law? Okay. I can get down with that. That's fair. That's fair. Was it was it a law in another state where we saw underage kids carrying firearms? So you absolutely charge the parents. And you go after them with all you can. And I think that that is the way that you develop some sort of responsibility here. Because that that's what that's what we're lacking. Uh, we are lacking a responsible society in which, you know, people are having kids and that's fine. But you're having kids, you're not taking care of them. And that's not okay. So either you're going to raise your kids or our penitentiary system is going to. You choose. And either you're going to raise the kid or you are going to the penitentiary. You know, track people down. Mom and dad, hold them accountable. Took two to tango. You're both accountable. Where are you at? Where you been? Why are you here every day? You know, so that's that's the way that I would approach it. I think that's common sense. I think that's common sense. And every every time I come up with a with a gun law, it is in favor of people like me who own firearms legally. Without any problem. They've never gone off without me pulling the trigger. They've never got up, ran out of my house. Yeah, they're responsible. And we're going to teach responsibility. And this is part of it. Like, you know, you got to be tough on crime, though. You have to be. There can there can be no leeway. Like, you have to be hard to the point where it's like, you know what? I don't even want to carry one of those because I want to get caught. That will start to shift some things. Parents will tend to know, like, yeah, I don't, I don't know if little Billy should know where this is at. We'll step aside. Back with more X's and Bros after this Michigan Sports Network. Save big on fuel with them perks. Earn points on your Meyer purchases in-store and online. Then use your points to claim a fuel reward and save up to $1 off per gallon of gas at Meyer. Claim your M-Perks fuel rewards in the Meyer app and ID at the pump to save. Plus, earn points for qualifying Meyer Express purchases and look for exclusive Meyer Express offers. Download the Meyer app to sign up or see Meyer.com to learn more. 10 cents to $1 off per gallon based on points earned. Exclusions apply. Not valid in Wisconsin. Max 30 gallons. Mercantile Bank is committed to delivering financial solutions that empower businesses to achieve their goals. We take time to understand you and what makes your business unique. From commercial and business banking to treasury and HCM tools, our local team is here to help you take your business to the next level. So when you need a financial partner, Merck is here. To learn more, visit us online at MerckBank.com business. Member FDIC Equal Housing Lender. The Freddie the Pizza Man Foundation is dedicated to providing support to families and Michigan schools touched by autism. We invite you to join us in supporting these families and schools by making a donation at freddythepizzaman.com. With your donation, you can help provide essential resources that can make a real impact. Visit freddythepizzaman.com to make a donation and to learn more about the foundation's mission. That's F-R-E-D-I, thepizzaman.com. Together, we can make a difference. 
Roast Umber is a farm-direct coffee sourced from Central American farmers and roasted in Grand Rapids. And also the Nitro Cold Brew Coffee is a convenient and healthy option for energy with no sugar additives. Look for it at your local retailer or at RoastUmber.com. Listening to Michigan Statewide Morning Show, X's and Bros, right here on the Michigan Sports Network. Welcome back here to X's and Bros, Michigan Sports Network. Great to have you ride along with us, no matter who you are, where you are, how you may be listening, all across the great state of Michigan and in Northwest Ohio and worldwide on the iHeartRadio app. We say good morning to you. We welcome you. We thank you. We appreciate you. And of course, we encourage you to join the program at any time. You can text the keyword sports radio, send that to 21,000 sports radio to 21000. Our Meyer Supercenter guest line, 866 838 4843. That's 866 838 4843. 866 838. Huge is the number. Now, over to college football. Uh, the college football playoff committee unanimously approved the 5 plus 7 model for the new 12 team format. This is after months of delay trying to figure out exactly what is going to happen to the Pac-12. They officially made it and confirmed it was going to be the 6 plus 6. Now it's going to be the 5 plus 7 model. Oh, what a format, huh? Yeah, just throw, throw a cool name on it. Now, the, the deal was, you know, you had Washington State's President Kirk Schultz representing the Pac-12 on the board told uh, the four-letter network last week that he would confer with Oregon State, and be ready to vote. Neither of the schools can qualify for an automatic bid as a conference champion in each of the next two seasons. So Schultz conceded the seven at-large bids would be more beneficial to them. They're never going to make it, so I don't know what they're worried about. It's just the, That's the long and short of it. That's the harsh reality. The format was proposed before the Pac-12 lost to USC, UCLA, Washington, and Oregon to the Big Ten, Cal and Stanford to the ACC, and then the, the ones that made reasonable sense, Utah, Arizona, Arizona State, and Colorado went to the Big 12. The Pac-12 and Mountain West have an agreement on a temporary scheduling, yada, yada, yada. The 5-plus-7 format will assure that the conference champions from the SEC, the Big Ten, the Big 12, and the ACC get a spot in the playoff along with the highest-ranked group of five conference champions. The college football playoff intentionally will not refer to the group of five in its description of the format, though, because there is a chance that a champion from one of the Power Four conferences finish, finishes ranked below the top champion from the American Conference USA, Mountain West, Sunbelt, or the MAC. In 2021, for example, undefeated number four Cincinnati was the American Athletic Conference champion. The ACC champion, Pitt, finished at number 12 with two losses. In the 12-team format, the four highest-ranked conference champions will receive the first round by. So there's the difference there. So you don't have to worry about the group of five in the description of the format because we are looking at five highest-ranked conference champions and then seven at large. So Cincinnati would have gotten the bye, and they did not. That's probably a good thing that they didn't do this. With Pitt being the ACC champion, Finishing at 12. Once again, you have the ranking system, which to me is outdated and ridiculous. So for the next two years, the remainder of the college football playoffs current 12-year contract, Washington State and Oregon State, will each continue to receive the full Power 5 revenue distribution, which is 5 to $6 million per school. They're asking to continue to receive that amount for the next CFP contract, not knowing what their conference affiliation will be. Hmm. Interesting. 
According to this proposal by the Pac-12's two schools, Oregon State and Washington State are asking for a distribution share in voting rights equal to the lowest per school prorated share of the ACC, Big Ten, Big 12, or, or SEC conference distribution, regardless of how those four conferences actually distribute to their members. This is the direction. Now, this is, this is a step in kind of the right direction is the expanded 12-team playoff. This is a good idea. Somebody had asked me about this yesterday, and I have a legitimate question for you. With the SEC and the Big Ten expanding at the rate that they have expanded in both damn near 20 teams to this point, do you think we're going in or moving to a two-super conference alignment here? Think about this for a second. You'll have 18 schools in the Big Ten. could probably add two more. Make it 20. The SEC is going to get that boost where right now they too have 14 schools. That's going to up to 16 with Texas and Oklahoma. So here is my question. Do you see a world in which the super conferences combine and we restructure all of college football as we know it. So we'd have like D1A, D1AA, D1AAA, or something along those lines. Maybe we restructure all like in the entirety of the divisions. Because if a school's not competing in D1 football, why are we worried about them in D1 basketball? Sorry, Villanova. There are too many Division I schools. We know that. I mean, come on, 363 teams in basketball? How are you supposed to figure out who's going to be in the tournament? 363 teams, by God. You know, do you want the, let's say the regular season Mid-American Conference champion in basketball doesn't win the conference tournament, okay? Do you want the regular season champion to be in the tournament or Indiana? Look at where Indiana's at right now, you tell me. Which school would you rather have? Which school are you more interested in? For us in this area of the country... We might lean towards the Mac because, like, yeah, give the Mac some love. But the committee's going to look at Indiana and say, no, we're going to put in Indiana. Like, that's the way it works. What we need to do is somehow get rid of these committees. That's the first step. But what if we restructured college football altogether? What if we had four divisions of 12? Follow me on this, right? We got this brand new model that's going to hold us over, and then we're going to readjust and change things all over again. Whatever. But what if we did that? Could you get down to 48 teams in the elite, like the Premier League of college football? And if you did, if you did, somebody's feelings are getting hurt. Somebody's getting left out. Who would you put in from the Big Ten? Because remember, we've got the ACC teams. Florida State, they're in. Clemson, they're in. Miami, they're in. What do you do about North Carolina and Duke? Do you keep them as well? Do you keep in a Louisville, an NC State? It's it, like, really, you start to think back to the great traditions in basketball. 
you start to think to yourself, okay, all right, so if you're going to keep football separate from basketball, if football is going to be its own deal, that way we don't have to worry about, you know, the, the other quote-unquote sports that are being sponsored by, you know, basketball can stick with the athletic department. Football is going to be completely different. Who would you consider for the, from the ACC to get in? Like Vanderbilt football is out. I'm telling you that right now. Vanderbilt is out. Can you leave out Mississippi State? Can you leave out Arkansas? Because Alabama's in, LSU's in, Tennessee's in, Georgia's in, Florida's in. For sure. For sure. Who else makes it? Who out of the Big Ten? Michigan, Ohio State, Penn State, Wisconsin. Michigan State? In the Big 12, Texas, Oklahoma, which are now going SEC. Who do you keep out of the Big 12? Oklahoma State? Iowa State? West Virginia? Do you keep those teams? If you're going to restructure all of college football as a whole, can you whittle this thing down to 60? Like the American Conference would be gone from this conversation. That's a whole bunch of teams. The MAC would be gone from this conversation. The Sun Belt would be out. The Mountain West would be out. Right? Like the, they, these are things, you know, the Pac 12 basically dissolves, so you don't have to worry about them. What do you do with Notre Dame? Well, they'd have to join. Conference USA, you're gone. Could you do it? Would you be willing to do that? To have a more stable structure for college football would you be able to put together a tiered system here and i'm not going to go as far as relegation although i think relegation would be beautiful but purdue is gone indiana's gone like say goodbye to them like they're like why in the world indiana for for instance we can even go sec why does vanderbilt get a share of the success that alabama has Answer that for me, if you can. In what kind of system are we going to give a team that can't produce, a business entity that doesn't produce, in what system is Walmart giving Meyer money? Not in our system. And I know this sounds crazy, right? But we have to think outside of the box. We have to break away from what the norm has been. Because nothing's normal anymore. Everything has changed. Uh, I saw that one of the NCAA, uh, you know, leaders is talking about like you know not putting something on the transfer. Like you shouldn't be able to freewheel transfer eighteen times throughout your college career. Like that's bad for that's bad for business. It is. It's bad for the sports. If you want to allow a one-time free transfer, by all means, go right ahead. Any transfer from there, you should have to sit out a year. That's a, that's a great rule. That's a great rule. But we're letting the inmates run the asylum. Like, that's what's happening. The clowns are running the circus right now. And that, that just cannot be. This hopping from school to school nonstop is ridiculous. Well, the coaches get to do it. The coaches have a buyout. Why does nobody ever bring that up? Well, this coach left. And if the coach leaves, guess what? You got a free transfer. There's your free transfer right there. You can leave for free and not have, there's no penalty. But you know what the coaches have to do? 
when a coach leaves, there's a buyout. Somebody's got to pay for that. That's in the contracts. But nobody ever talks about that. People are like, oh, coaches change chairs all the time. Okay. And it costs money to do so. Chris Holtman is no longer coaching at Ohio State. He had a $12.7 million buyout at four years left on his contract. They're going to pay him $13 million to not coach. What do you as a player, if, if, the, if a team decides to cut you, what's your buyout? If you decide to transfer, what's your buyout? That's how that that right there is how I'd strap NIL until we have a for sure system in place with a salary cap. You sign this dotted line, and you're a player that wants pay for play because it's not name, image, and likeness. Call it what it is. Pay for play. You want a hundred grand? Great. You want to transfer your buyout to quarter million? Boom. Done. Problem solved. There you go. Easy peasy. They're not leaving. Who's going to pay for that? Nobody. Nobody. You signed on the dotted line. You signed your contract. Honor your contract. A coach takes a job at another school as a promotion. Doesn't get fired. Guess what he's got? A buyout. So that's how you, that, that's how you fix the NIL transfer madness right now. Put a buyout clause on everybody. Make it $250,000. You sign on this line. You are committed to us for minimum three years. Because if somebody's three years removed, we can't put a restriction on them if they want to go to the NFL. Minimum three years. You can do it that way. You could say a minimum of two years and grant somebody a, a free pass transfer if they want. But that's how you get that under, under, the, under control, if you will, because this is ridiculous. And everybody always, you know, and I found it very interesting when Kirk Herbstreit was talking about NCAA 25 coming back out. It's a video game. I'm not going to buy it. I'm not going to play it. I don't really care. You know, but for me personally, when, when listening to Kirk Herbstreit talk about it, he was like, you know, I was just happy to be in the game. When did that, be, when did that change? When did that attitude change? Like there wasn't money involved back then? There was money involved. But we were grateful for opportunity. And we saw value in what the school was providing us. Which somehow got all thrown out the window. I'm not really sure exactly how. Well, they're making this amount of money. Well, they were making a ton of money beforehand. Is it more money now? Sure. Are the numbers crazy now? Yeah, of course they are. Nobody's denying that. But when did it become such an issue? To now we're getting the trickle-down effect of NIL in high school. That's an absolute joke. You, you know, you want to make money? Get a job. Football is my job. Find a different career. <laughs> Find a different career. So that, that's, where, that's where I stand at it. I think that we have to completely look at everything that we're doing and put everything out there on the table. And would college football be a better overall product? I mean, think about it. Like, what if you, if you got it down to 32 teams, now you're really hurting some people's feelings. Is your program one of the top 32 teams in all of college football? Do you have enough there from a body of work, from a historical standpoint, to be considered one of the top 32 teams in college football? That's a legitimate question. That's a lot of programs have to answer that. A lot of teams. Rutgers, no. Maryland, no. Indiana, Purdue, Illinois, mm -mm. Minnesota, 
See ya. Right? Northwestern, great academic school. Boo booey. Nebraska? I mean, I don't think that Nebraska can contend anymore. I mean, I know that we've, you know, for the last 30 years, we've been talking about, well, wait till Nebraska. Nebraska's never coming back, folks. They're gone. It's it's over. It's over. What Nebraska did last year, five and seven, I would say is a pretty mediocre year for them. Are they ever going to win 10 games again? And they play in the Big Ten West. Can you imagine what Michigan would have done to the Big Ten West the last three years? Can you imagine Ohio State in the Big Ten West? Are you kidding me right now? Like, I don't think Nebraska ever comes back. They're never going to be 1995 again. Like, it's over for Nebraska. They just, they, they don't have, they, the environment's cool, sure. Uh, that's great and all. They cannot recruit the players that they need. There's too many other options out there. Who's going to Nebraska? When Florida State's calling, when Miami is calling, when Ohio State is calling, who's choosing Nebraska over them? Nobody that I know. Nobody in their right mind. So for me, I think we need to kind of open our minds a little bit to what college football looks like going forward. How do we come up with a model that satisfies a fan base that is the most powerful fan base in American sport? It's the fan base of the National Football League. How do you replicate a system that applies National Football League logic and intelligence to college football? How do we come up with a way that we have a set criteria to make a playoff? How do we come up with a way where our scheduling top to bottom is vastly improved over what it's been over the last 15 years? Instead of one or two marquee games in the non-conference, every game matters. How do you do that? You know, because, yes, every game matter in college football, sure. I mean, you you botch one, you lose to an Appalachian State. I've been there, seen it, done it, lived it. Your season's over. You're toast. The only way to come back from that is to literally house everybody and pray to God you were to get in as an at-large in this new format. I don't want any more at-large bids. We don't need that. What we need is exactly right in front of us. That's what college football needs. College football needs the NFL system. The question is, are you willing to be open-minded enough to completely change and flip the sport on its head? We'll step aside. Hour three is next. X's and Bros. Michigan Sports Network. The 51-year sportsman's tradition continues. It's Outdoor Rema, the Suburban Collection Showplace, February 22nd through the 25th. Four football fields of outdoor equipment, boats, and activities. Buy your fishing boat from dealers who know how to rig them right. Meet the lodge operators and guides from Michigan to Africa. Hunting and fishing gear, seminars with guides and pros. Great deals on fishing boats and pontoons. And the Lumberjacks are back. Free crossover admission to the Condens and Lakefront Living Show. It's Outdoor Rema, the Suburban Collection Showplace, February 22nd through the 25th. Huge here with a reminder that this Friday, 3 until 6, I'm broadcasting statewide from Suburban Collection Showplace in Novi. Outdoor Rama 2024 is happening this weekend, and you can join me at the Impact Power Sports setup at Outdoor Rama at Suburban Collection Showplace in Novi. And Lomas Brown will be there on Friday, former Lion, 2 until 4. You can see Lomas Brown's Lions golf cart. You could win and meet him at the Impact Power Sports setup at Outdoor Rama at Suburban Collection Showplace. 
there's a new player in town. Hi, I'm Herman Moore, Lions All-Pro Wide Receiver, and I'm talking about Eagle Casino and Sports, the real money mobile casino. It's so easy to play. You can go from wager to winner to wallet, just like that. Sign up now and we'll match your deposit up to $1,500. Or you can get a risk-free bet up to $1,000. Eagle Casino and Sports. Made in Michigan. Made for Michigan. Must be 21 or older in Michigan to play. Hi, I'm Lauren and I work for Meyer. People ask, why do I shop there? It's because I get everything in one stop. Like this week's hottest deals on Fresh from Meyer family pack chicken thighs for $1.49 per pound and blackberries for 99 cents. Plus, I can save even more with M-Perks when I shop in-store, online, and with every qualifying prescription filled at the Meyer Pharmacy. Meyer has all I need in just one stop. Exclusions apply. See all deals in the Meyer app. Huge here for Van Andel Institute Purple Community. Now, they're a grassroots fundraising network powered by the volunteers who support VAI's mission to improve health now and in the future. Learn more at purplecommunity.org. Mercantile Bank is committed to delivering financial solutions that empower businesses to achieve their goals. We take time to understand you and what makes your business unique. From commercial and business banking to treasury and HCM tools, our local team is here to help you take your business to the next level. So when you need a financial partner, Merck is here. To learn more, visit us online at MerckBank.com business. Member FDIC Equal Housing Lender.